0: Hey everyone, it's Hannah Bayshuk with Shit You Should Probably Know, the podcast where we actually talk about the shit you're too embarrassed to admit you don't actually know. So today we have Peter Fullen. He is a certified public accountant, aka CPA, who is going to help us walk through what I consider the most left out topic that we weren't taught in school, which is taxes. And so first off, Peter, thanks for coming and kind of like dumbing it down for us because I don't know how many times you have conversations with your friends and your peers who are so clueless about the reality of how to do your taxes, what the tax system looks like. I mean, how often do you see that in your community of people you're around?
1: Yeah, it is confusing and it changes if you don't stay up with it. People still ask me questions on things that were in the tax code like pre-90s. And I'm like, you know, that changed like 20-something years ago. So people have it in their minds of like a tax law or, or something. And, and it's just like you have to you have to stay current. But I think a lot of times the, the the problem people have is that everyone has to file a tax return if you make money. And so there are certain people that they, you know, they talk to their friend and their friend gives them a tax advice and they're saying, oh, OK, that's where people could get in trouble because it's not necessarily their friends telling them the wrong information. It's that just it's situationally Correct, and so so that's really where people have to be careful of. You know, they have to they have to make sure if they hear advice from people who are not tax professionals that they need to just follow up and make sure that hey, is this is this good advice for me?
0: Okay, so to kind of step it back, I know you're talking about people not being up to date on tax law and that, but like for someone who just graduated college, has a new job, and all of a sudden gets their you know the forms they have to fill out and tax season approaches. Where do they even start?
1: So the the biggest thing they, they want to first do is they want to make sure that they're getting enough withheld. You know, I, I get so many people they come to me and and they have pretty much um, a tax return that's it's a formula. There's there's no real deductions. You know, they 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 have a W two. They use a standard deduction. You know, it's mathematical what they're going to owe. So so at that point, if they don't withhold enough they're going to owe taxes. If they withhold more, they're, they're going to get a refund. So, so that's the biggest thing. And what, what I'm going to do is I'm also have a, a really good link I found for you that they could go in there and they can, they can plug numbers in there and it'll give them an estimate of what they would owe on their taxes. And so they could use that tool to make sure that, hey, you know, if I get to the end of the year, will I have enough withheld? And so they look at their pay stub and they make sure that, hey, each paycheck I'm having, you know, certain amount withheld and if they're not then they need to up it. So I think this is one of the biggest misconceptions on taxes is is the tax rate. And that's where people get totally caught up in. And so you're talking about a new person doing their taxes, they most people don't understand tax rates. And that that's really where where a lot of this confusion comes in because the the tax system has a graduated tax rate. So say, you know, we're we're, we're both single, okay? And and I'm talking about 2022 tax rate. So what happens is, um, say, for example, you make $40,000, okay? And I make 80, and we're both single. What happens is the first roughly $10,000, we're taxed on the same money at 10%. Then on the the next 20, we're taxed at 12%. So even though I made more money than you, my first amounts that I'm taxed, I'm taxed the exact same way you are. Only the money above into the next bracket, I'm taxed at that new rate. And so this will make more sense once I send you that link. So it's it's not just like take my taxable income, multiply it by this number and I'm good. You have to say, OK, you know, I have this first amount taxed at this rate. Then my next amount is taxed at this rate. And so it's really a blended rate at the end of the day. And
0: that's on your W-2 when you like get to the place where it's like you want to withhold more or not?
1: No, that's a W-4. So W-2 is where they report at the end of the year how much you made. Okay, you you as a taxpayer have to have to be responsible because you you can't go back to your employer and say, well, you know, you should have withheld more. You know, at that point, it's too late, you know, at that point. So you don't want to you don't want to get in a situation like that.
0: Can't you check on your W four? I did that says I want you to withhold more and s- each month instead of me being obligated to pay more at the end of the year.
1: Correct, and that's what I always advise my clients to do. And like I'll, I'll say, hey, you know they're not withholding enough money. You know you could go in there, you know for whatever reason you could you could always tell your employer, hey, withhold an extra two hundred a paycheck or, or, or whatever. But I tell people it's it, it's sort of like you don't want a big refund and you don't want to owe a lot. You want to sort of, you know, you want to sort of land in that happy zone where, where it's, you know, it's slight refund or a slight payment. What
0: would the incentive be if you were paid more upfront? Like could the tax rate change by the time that you're, obligated to pay your taxes. Is that kind of the gamble?
1: No, it just means that you're getting back a big refund, you know, and, and you're, you're having that pulled out of your paycheck each month or each paycheck, you know, and and then you're having to wait until the following year to get that money back. And then sometimes the governments, especially a lot of states, they'll play games and they'll delay refunds. You know, it takes a little time to get your money back. Whereas if you, you're doing it, you know, more where you, you're balancing it out, you, you're going to retain more of your money keep the money that you work for.
0: So to kind of answer my question with like TurboTax or free file, like are those legitimate sites that you can use if you don't have the access to a CPA to help you?
1: Those are good sites. Um, I always tell people like for, for someone who has like a W-2 or something like that, there's real easy returns. You know, everyone should be able to educate themselves to do that. You know, there's a 1040EZ that they can even fill out. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of free sites for, for, for lower income, you know, uh, taxpayers. But what happens is once someone gets into situations where they get married, they have a kid and they, they start getting a little more complex. And I, I think it's my, my best analogy is I always tell people is, yeah, I like to use baseball analogies. <laughs> so it's like you give someone in the minor leagues, uh, you know, you tell them, Hey, I'm going to sit you up in front of this pitcher and they're going to throw fastballs. A lot of minor league pitchers can hit you know, once they, they get the timing down. But they can't hit the curveballs. And it's the same with taxes. Once something changes a little bit, they need to get that advice, might get, need to get some professional help. And that's where people get themselves. If, if there's a drastic change in earnings or drastic change in your filing status or dependents or things like that.
0: Yeah, I guess I guess also like when you're talking about the changes in life and family and marriage, like I know that Those are ways to incentivize having cuts on your taxes. So to kind of piggyback into that, like what are ways you can have tax deductions?
1: So let's first talk about like um, standard deduction or itemized deductions. Okay, so what happens is everyone either gets to choose one or the other. Okay, and the way way it works is that itemized deduction, let's start with itemized deductions. Itemized deductions um, would be Possibly healthcare deductions, which are hard to take. Then we have some taxes like state taxes, real estate taxes, car taxes, mortgage interest, charitable deductions. Those those are your main itemized deductions. Okay, and, and so what what happens is, say for two thousand twenty two, they've they've greatly bumped up the standard deductions. On the other side, so so you either take you either add up all your itemized deductions or you take a standard deduction. So the standard deduction for, say, a married couple is $25,900. So if if they don't have itemized deductions that total up to $25,900, they would use the standard deduction. So they're not really taking other deductions on top of that. They're, they're just, it's, it's, it's simplifying things on their tax return, okay? But there's really no other deductions, you know, that they're going to take, okay? Now, there, there are, there are, you mentioned credits. So, so the difference between a deduction and a credit is that a deduction reduces your income, okay? A credit reduces the amount you have to pay or owe. Credits are like a dollar for dollar reduction of the tax. A deduction is only it's only basically whatever your blended tax rate, that that's, you know, so if, say if your blended tax rate's 25%, you spend a dollar, you know, you save 25 cents. Okay, right. so that, that's the difference with- You would rather right. get
0: a credit than a deduction.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: How do you get a credit? How do you, like, is that a write-off?
1: Usually like a write-offs and deductions are, are sort of the same, you know, it, 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 you know, synonymous. There's certain things in the tax code, like child tax credits, okay? So now people get, they get a child tax credit um, for, for children from 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 birth to 17, and then you get another, a smaller credit from, you know, uh, think 18 to 24. Okay, that that's a credit.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's funny, because it's like, actually, children are so expensive. So it's not really an incentive to keep having kids. But still, like, I'm like, Okay, I'll take that credit on my seven month old, like, sounds good.
1: And this is a perfect example, you know, so you had two twins, and they're 16 and 17, or whatever, and then all of a sudden, it flips off. And, and so the prior year, you get $4,000 tax credit, then the next year, you're only getting a $1,000 tax credit. So your situation changed, and that's where people get themselves in trouble because they don't follow, they're not paying attention to, wait a minute, I'm not going to have the same credit. So that, that's something to be careful of.
0: So that kind of leads me to my next question of when you talk about people getting it, like they're not, they're unintentionally unaware of the changes in their financial situation or the credits or the deductions, and that's where I'm like, okay, so... The IRS, which is the word we always think of with taxes, it's so intimidating to think about. And if you mess up your taxes unintentionally, like can they come arrest you?
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm not a tax attorney, but but I could tell you what I do know. Okay, so so there there's a fine line. So the people that get into trouble with their taxes are, are the people who do not file. And 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 any any tax attorney that's listening to this can correct me if I'm wrong here, but but basically we don't have debtor prisons in this country. So if you file and tell the IRS, hey, I, I owe this amount of money. I, I made this and I I just can't pay it, they're not gonna throw you in jail for for just owing money. Okay. And that's really where people fall into problems because they they delay and they say, Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna owe like a whole bunch of money. So they panic and they 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 climb into their shell and then they don't file their return. That is where people get into trouble because if you don't file a return then, you know, it possibly could become criminal at that point, if, if, it's a, if it's a large enough tax bill. So I always tell people the first thing to do is make sure you file. If you make a make a mistake, nine times out of 10, the IRS corrects it automatically. They, they get copies of the W-2. They're going to get copies of your 1099. They're going to get copies of everything. They're going to match it all up and then send you a computerized letter and say, hey, you know, we, we, we fixed this. And if you agree with it, you know, OK, you know if you make a simple mistake on your return. Now, if you, you make a big mistake, they might give you a penalty, you know, they're going to give you a penalty and they're going to say, Hey, you, you underreported this income. And
0: (laughs) I think that's what happened to me. I was like a week late. I was like in college and they, I had like a, like, it was like a $500 penalty or something. It was so minimal, but you know, I, I don't even know if you know what a Bravo Liberty is, but I watched housewives of Beverly Hills and Salt Lake city and all this. And then you see these women buying Chanel and all these, this luxurious, luxurious life. And then they get cash. Yeah. And then they like get in trouble with the IRS. And I'm like, no, why didn't you pay your taxes? I'm so confused. Like, isn't that like the most obvious thing to do is pay your taxes. If you're spending money in that way. I don't know. How could you not?
1: It's about being smart about your taxes. Like I, you know, and I'm not, I'm not telling you anything that I, I, I tell this story about, like I had a client years ago and They want to write off their, and it's different for a small business, you know, so they're a small business and they want to write off everything. And I'm, and I'm, I start telling them, I'm like, look, look, you're, you're telling me you only made $12,000 for the whole year. And so I just have a discussion with them. And I said to them, okay, what is your rent? And we add up your rent. And then what do you pay average month on food? Do you ever go out to eat? You know, we just add up things that aren't tax deductible we get to like 30 something thousand dollars. Okay. And I said to him like, okay, so how are, you know, if you ever got audited, how would you be able to show how you live? And, you know, people don't get that. They're, they're like, you know, you, you can't say I made $12,000 and then at some point it's going to catch up with you. Now they don't do lifestyle audits anymore, but, but like, it's common sense. Like eventually, you're going to run into problems if you're if you're you have a lifestyle where you're driving a Mercedes, living in the big house, and you say you make thirty thousand a year. You know, it's, it's right. It's, but it's, I, yeah. I do
0: have a question. Right. After COVID, I'm sure there's a lot of people who have at home offices now. Are they is that acceptable to write that off? Like if if you're genuinely working from home because of the circumstance.
1: Unless unless they have a small business, there's no write offs. So they, the, what they did is like about two years ago, they, they did away with a lot of the write offs for like W2 people. So it used to be like, hey, hey, I had um, you, you would say, hey, you know, I had this un- unreimbursed business expenses that that were related to my my job and my my employer doesn't reimburse me.
0: Why do you feel like that works against us?
1: They're trying to simplify things. They reduce the tax rates. I I prefer that they just reduce the tax rates anyway and make things less complicated. That's, you know, probably the best. But you're going to find the majority of people are are using standard deduction now. You know, people with uh, large mortgages, higher incomes, they're going to probably still itemize.
0: I guess to kind of, to wrap this up, and this has been such a helpful conversation, and I know there's so many other avenues we could go into taxes because it's such a large conversation. Um, and we kind of touched on on this already, but like, what would your best advice be for anyone listening to this who kind of falls under the average tax bracket, like on saving on taxes? Like, is there a number one thing you would do? Is there a 101 that everyone should be
1: doing? I'd, I'd say like going back to my first point, I'd just say number one thing is to to make sure their withholdings are accurate. And that's and it's not going to save you any money, but what it's going to do is it's going to save you a headache. You know, I I tell people, like, if you have to pay, like, say you had to pay five hundred dollars a month. Five hundred dollars a month, you pay it. But but if I have to tell you to write a six thousand dollar check to the IRS, that is so much more painful. And so if it comes out a little bit each month, then it's doable versus this big amount at the end of the year. And, th- and that's, that's my, that's my biggest advice to like someone starting out is just, you know, you know, look at the tax tables, make sure you're withholding enough and then get someone to help you if you can't, you know, you can't get it figured out.
0: Right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. No, it's been really you. helpful and I'm sure we'll have more conversations on taxes as the season approaches and, uh, Thanks for talking to us. Per usual, the information shared on this podcast reflects my views or opinions or those of my guests and is presented as a general information only without guaranteeing its completeness. Nothing in this episode is intended to be or shall be construed as a statement of fact or any legal, medical, or other professional advice. Any reference to a specific product or entity is not an endorsement or recommendation unless expressly stated otherwise.